Sleepy Hollow is a place like no other. A place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold witnesses destined to protect us all. But will they prevail? Armed with keen insight and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe, Karen and Jamie help decipher the witness prophecies. Jamie, you ready to talk yes, I am. Sleepy Hollow? I totally am. I'm Jamie. And I'm Karen. And tonight we're talking about Sleepy Hollow Season 2, Episode 1, This is War. 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 <gasps> what is it good, good for? God, y'all. What is it nice. Good, what is it good for? We were on the same page there without even talking about it. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump in and talk about the episode, is there some news you had you wanted to share? Yes, always with the ratings, right? Yes. So it was an interesting week for ratings. It was. It, it, it didn't do as well as it did last season. Well, there was a reason for that. <laughs> Let's discuss that reason. Please, pray tell. Yeah, there was lots of competition. Yeah, there was. Yeah, lots of new shows that people wanted to check out. And I think we're going to get a different vibe this upcoming week. On Fox, the series premiere of Gotham scored a a strong 3.2 adults 18 to 49. And that should have been a really good lead-in. However, (laughs) it didn't hold. No. The second season premiere of Sleepy Hollow notched a 2.0 adults 18 to 49 rating way down from the 3.5 series premiere earned last year and down from the season one finale, which earned a 2.2 adults 18 to 49. I have to say 2.0, I would be happy if the TV show Hannibal was getting those kind of, they're like 1.5, yeah. 1.7. So 2.0, yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, me too. Castle's around a 1.5. And that's a very successful show for ABC. Under the Dome runs about 1.5, 1.6. And they're happy with that. A 2.0, that's good. However, it was not a high rating for this Monday night. No. Uh, it was actually tied for the low. Oh, really? Yeah. At 9 p.m., we had Scorpion, which is a new show that apparently people were tuning in to check out. Uh, it got a 3.3 rating. It got a nine share, and that was in the 18 to 49 money demo. I hate that saying. I really do. But that's, you know, that's what they call it. Those are the people that buy things. And the viewers live plus SD in the millions, that got 14. So that's 14 million people watching it. That's a huge audience for one show. It is, but I I don't know that they're going to get a return on that this next Monday. I didn't watch that because obviously I was watching Fox. I have no idea. Well, I watched part of it and it was kind of cheesy. I mean, that's just me. But I I honestly, from the vibe I got from it, I'm not sure it's going to hold on to that audience. So, who knows? That's how I felt about Gotham. I thought Gotham was a little cheesy. See, I liked Gotham, but it's not Batman. And if people are tuning in thinking it's going to be Batman... They're going to have issues. But, you know, it's got Donald Logue, which is awesome. But, again, off topic. Um, (laughs) So, NBC, it's The Voice from 8 to 10. And it was the premiere, the season premiere of The Voice, I think. Yeah, 8 to 10. And that ran, again, you know, the whole way where Sleepy Hollow only ran from 9 to 10. So people were hooked at 8, and they were going to stay through the whole two hours. And it got a 3.9 and an 11 share. Um, So it beat Scorpion in the money demo, but it came in second in the viewers live with a 12.7 million. Okay. And then third was Dancing with the Stars, which again was 8 to 10. So it held viewers over from 8. It got a 2.0 and a 6 share with 12 million viewers. And Sleepy Hollow came in last, but it also had a 2.0, had a five share instead of a six share, and it got 5.5 million viewers. Mm. So it was quite low. But again, all that competition up against a a new show and two shows that were holding an audience from 8 p.m. over. 5.5 million in these days is not that shabby. 
No, it's really not. It's just that it was up against all that other stuff. And in comparison, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, so. in comparison, I know it does look pretty bad up against like 12 million to 14 million viewers. Right. But if this were like on a cable network, yeah, they'd be calling this a breakout hit all, sure. already. Well, and next again, next week, um, it's going to be up against Scorpion. Which I think is going to go down. I'm just predicting that. I'm not sure. And Dancing with the Stars and The Voice, I think, are only going to be from 8 to 9. I think. I'm not sure. I don't watch either of those shows. So we'll see. And that's TV by the numbers. Um, HitFix says, over on Fox, the exhaustively promoted premiere of Gotham. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Did reasonably big numbers, especially in the key demo, but the return of Sleepy Hollow after a nine-month absence was somewhat soft. Ooh. Mm, again, his fix is ruthless when it comes to how they word things. Somewhat soft. I know, right? I don't know if to be disappointed or to be offended. It sounds a little dirty. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like they need Viagra or something, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so 9 p.m., their little blurb was CBS remained in first overall for the 9 p.m. hour with 14.01 million viewers for Scorpion, slipping to second with a 3.3 rating among adults 18 to 49. Scorpion did 14.53 million and a 3.4 key demo for the 9 p.m. half hour and 13.49 million and a 3.1 key demo for the 9.30 half hour. Now, they're splitting it up because it was a premiere night, and they want to see who's holding on to which half hour in the 9 p.m. block. The Voice rose to 13.67 million viewers and an hour-winning 4.3 key demo rating for NBC. Also rising was ABC's Dancing with the Stars, which averaged 12.39 million viewers and a 2.2 key demo rating. With its first new episode since January, Sleepy Hollow averaged 5.55 million viewers and a 2.0 key demo rating in fourth, though it doubled dancing in most male demos. And I think I know why guys are watching Sleepy Hollow. Why? Katrina? Abby. Do you think? I think. I think both. Maybe both, but my heart lies with Abby, so. Yeah. They're both gorgeous, I swear. They are. And so is Jenny. I think Jenny's very pretty as well. she is. She's very beautiful. But she wasn't in it as much. And neither was Katrina, really. It was mostly Abby last night or the other night. You know who was oddly absent from this episode was um, Irving. Not oddly. (laughs) Just absent. Absent. (laughs) He's in jail, so they couldn't get to him. They could have given us an update. Well, Just saying. Might be in the spoiler section. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Let me scroll down and see. (laughs) Nope. That's the next episode. Okay. So what would you give this week's episode, this this season two premiere? I give it eight broken side view mirrors. What's broken side side view mirrors? Oh, broken side view mirrors. See, he looks in the side view mirror and it cracks. Yes. So I give it eight of those. Well, I would give it... Seven out of ten deceptive memories. Nice. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I thought there was something going on there, but I wasn't sure, and I was kind of fooled by that. I have to say, when that happened, I was like, why is this moving so fast? What is going right. on here? Right. They're just jumping right in? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a bad move on the writer's part, but then... <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What a great way for Moloch to deceive them and get that. So, I mean, let's talk about that, right? Okay. Let's jump right in. Yeah. So Moloch wants to get the key. And what better way than to give them a false view of what's happening, right? Right. And we're, we're led to believe that this is, what, like a year later? Mm-hmm. And, and that Jenny's dead and that Katrina's dead. And they've the, the headless horseman has been disappeared for a while, and now they're like gonna, you know, jump back in with with whatever they've been training for because they've been called to a professor's house, and the headless horseman reappears. And Oddly enough, they are the only two people around. Yeah, that's one thing. There was no cars on the streets. Nothing. Yep. It was just them. That was something I noticed on rewatch is that it was stark, very stark. 
And I'm thinking, well, that's a clue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and there were some other things, you know. Um, Ichabod was kind of noticing stuff. He was getting, like, pains. Yes, he was. He was getting, like, and, little headaches. Yeah, and he looked over and there was, like, a little plant on the table that was, the, the roots were reaching out as he looked at it. So there were little clues he was getting to the fact that he wasn't really having this memory. I mean, it wasn't happening for real. It was fake. The point of all this was so that Moloch could find out where a key was hidden mm -hmm. th that Benjamin Franklin had hidden somewhere way back in time. And yeah. he, he needed to fool them into thinking that they were on a mission to find the, the key so that they could find, so that Moloch could find out where the key is in real life. And right. so that he could get it because what's the key do? It opens up a portal between purgatory and the outside world. And you don't have to exchange souls to go between the worlds. Anybody and everybody that's in purgatory can go to purgatory or come out of purgatory. Anybody yep. who's on earth that would love to go party in purgatory can go party <laughs> in purgatory. Yeah, I think that's going to be a one-way tour. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to go into Purgatory. Just personally, I wouldn't want to go. It looked like a creepy horror movie in Purgatory. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'll pass. Unless everyone's coming out, then I might go in. May, yeah, okay, yeah. I might <laughs> switch worlds. Switch, switch right, back. Switch right. back. I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of a Purgatory party. Sure. Only because I, mean, I, I love alliteration. Again, as a Purgatory party? <laughs> And then you'd have to take a purgatory party pack in with you in order to, I don't know. A, purga think of other a purgatory favorite. party pack for all your purgatory party people. <laughs> okay, I can't go any further than that. We got to stop this. I, because I'm spitting on my mic now. <laughs> hey, hey, purgatory party people dressed up in their purgatory party people pajamas. <laughs> With the purgatory party pack. I, I could go forever. <laughs> I hope you have a screen on your, on your microphone. That's all I could say. Okay, so one thing I did notice, and this is something that always makes me laugh, is that Ichabod is conveniently part of every historic event yes, that he has is. ever happened. He was there when Benjamin discovered electricity. Discovered, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> discovered because, electricity. Because he wasn't really trying to discover electricity. Right. He was uh, trying to destroy the key. Yep. There's, there's the storm. Oh, yes. I hear it coming in. Do you hear it? I hear it coming in. Yeah. Some rain. Where's that thunder? I don't think there's any thunder there's with no it. There's no thunder with it? Okay. Oh, there it is. Did you hear it? Oh, yes, I did. A little bit of thunder. <laughs> but that's the real reason why uh, Benjamin Franklin was out in a storm with a, a key on a kite. Not because yeah. he was trying to conduct electricity through a wire, but because he was trying to destroy this key that opens up purgatory. Right. Of course. And, and, you know, Ichabod was the apprentice to uh, Benjamin Franklin and therefore was there for that event. Right. He also got to see uh, Benjamin Franklin in very many compromising positions. Bad. I, I did not enjoy the naked Benjamin Franklin. Oh, really? At all. No. <laughs> no. Pass. I thought it was right in line with who Benjamin Franklin really oh, yes. was. Though. I agree. I just, mm. <laughs> they could have hidden him behind something a little bigger. Yes, that is, that, is, that is true. <laughs> but uh, I, I did enjoy the jokes about him. Yeah, they were good. I, I agree that he, they were very in keeping with what we have heard about Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, and I love how they, they try to bring in those little snippets of history through Crane. Mm-hmm. Even if they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if they are, yes. Yeah, because it's funny. Yeah. But they soon discover, while they're having their memories of Benjamin Franklin and searching for this key, uh, because they have the horseman of war, Henry, Jeremy, mm -hmm. 
he is their uh, captive. And so they take the document to him to find out if they, he can figure out the location of the key. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, guess what happens? Yeah, Jeremy shows who he really is. Yep. Not, not his captive. But actually a figment of their imagination. Yep. In order to figure out where the key is or where the document leading to the key is. Yep. Moloch had tricked them. Abby's yep. still in purgatory and Ichabod is still underground. He essentially goes, psych! <laughs> and sends them back into their own bodies and says to his Hessian friend, I got to translate this. We got to uh, get Jenny. Jenny's going to tell us where to find the, the key and uh, has the Hessian watch, Jenny. Yes. And uh, Hessians, man, they're the worst, right? Uh, I, I was happy to see them back because I think they're, they're, sure. they're a good show device. You got to have your mm-hmm. hench, you got to have your henchmen. Yeah. Uh, but man, I never want to see one in a dark alley late at night. No. The Hessian henchman? Yeah, the Hessian henchman. <laughs> oh, no. Are, they, are the Hessian henchmen... He, are, the are the Hessian henchmen going to the purgatory party? In their purgatory party people pajamas? I don't know. Oh, I can't think of an H word. <laughs> Maybe they're happy Hessian henchmen. <laughs> okay, this is just—it's going on getting too. out of control. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, Gena, which was the name of the key, yes, uh, that will forcibly open the portal in purgatory. Um, I looked it up, and the word Gena—it's um, actually the the closest thing I could find was Gehenna. And it actually means hell. Oh. So. Um, so it's literally the key to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Not purgatory. So Not much. purgatory. Yeah. Well, purgatory doesn't really look. It much, doesn't look very purgatorial. It, it, lo- it looks very hellish, if you ask me. It does. So, yes, it, it is the key that opens up the gate to hell. It, it should be. But it, it opens up a key to purgatory. Yes. Yes, it should. But yes, you are correct. Yeah. So they realize that they're in this dream. Abby's still in purgatory and Ichabod's underground. And now Jenny is in the hands of Henry Jeremy, horseman Hessian. of war. Hessian. Mm-hmm. Right? The horseman Hesh- Hessian. <laughs> That's enough. Okay. I'm calling an end to all this. The horseman's henchman, a, Hessian. A, a, literatur- a literatory speech. Okay. I had to do that last one because <laughs> you said horseman. <laughs> okay. So, so how does Ichabod get out of this his predicament? Oh, it's the worst, right? Yeah. I love these hand waves. I have to admit they're hilarious, but sometimes you have to roll your eyes. Some dirt comes through a little crack in the coffin and it just happens to be sulfur. Yes. What a coinkadink. I think not. It's almost as if it was like written that way. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. So- and he uses part of his Outfit? What part? Is it part of his shirt or something? Yeah, it's something like that. It's cloth. I know he, he rips it from somewhere. Yeah. So does that mean he's going to have to change clothes now? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's going to. Maybe he's going to have to get a pair of skinny jeans. Well, no, I don't need skinny jeans, but a boot cut's fine. It's just you know he's been buried twice in these clothes. Twice. And, I mean, and for once, for two hundred years, right, or, or more, right. I mean, he he got later in the episode, he got into the ambulance. And when he was looking at the ambulance, he was visibly filthy. Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, now is the time to get close. You would would also think by blowing yourself out of the ground. 
You, yeah, you just get clo- a little dirty. Yeah, or scorched or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Time for new clothes. So he gets himself out of the ground. Yes, by making a little sulfury sort of bomb. Yes. Gunpowder. Yes, and he, he calls Jenny, does he not? Yes, he does. He calls Jenny well, while she's being held. First, though, we have a funny little scene with him. First, he's trying to get reception. And this is the phone that he traded with Abby yes. last season because he hated his flip phone, yes. which I thought was pretty funny. Yes. He, you know, after all this resistance of, of newfangled technology, he realized that his flip phone was seriously out of date and he wanted one like Abby's. So he has this kind of, it looks more like an Android phone than, a, than an iPhone. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I think I think the writers are a little biased there, but it does it doesn't okay. look like an Android phone. Okay. Or a Windows phone. I'm not sure. But it doesn't look like an iPhone. Um so he's he's trying to get reception and he doesn't have it. But then he tries to record a message for yes. Abby. Yes. And it's out of room. And the the frustration on his face when he realizes that it doesn't record. As it just you know, I've had to feel bad for him, but at least he took it. You know, he took it pretty well for, well, for being stuck down there. The thing I love is he's trying to, he's recording this heartfelt message to Abby, yeah. you know. You know, uh, Lieutenant, if I don't make it out of here, just know I fought until the very end trying to find you and get to you. And he's like, and none of that recorded. Yes. I would have to say that is my... A Nat Craneism of the week. <laughs> Yours? Yes, it is mine. That's very nice. I like that one. Yes. And that is my favorite thing, really. Yeah, that was funny. And then, of course, he blows the the coffin, which it would not work, by the way. It would actually just hurt him because the density above him is way more than... The right. density inside the coffin. But hey, let's hand wave again. Suspend your disbelief. Right. Uh, maybe because it's it hasn't been there long enough. I don't know. It is loose soil. Sure. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, it's the first episode of the season and mirroring the first episode of last season. His hand comes out from the ground and he is reborn. So I thought that was interesting. A similar shot. Yes. From last season. Meanwhile, while he's doing this, while he's getting himself out of the ground, Abby's wandering around purgatory and she sees Moloch in the distance on a horse, which I thought was very interesting. And I want to come back to that later. Yeah, I saw that comment. And he is uh, speaking some incantation as he's walking around these sort of like muskets that are stuck in the ground and mm-hmm. and being being very Moloch-ish. Mm-hmm. Moloch-y. moloch She runs into Andy. Mm-hmm. And Andy is like, hey, you, you, you can't be around here. You can't let him find you. He's trying to raise a demon army mm-hmm. to go to Earth and take over Earth. And you, you can't let him see you or else he's going to, you know, I don't know what he would do to her in purgatory, but he's going to do something to her. Right. And Andy helps her out because uh, he's trying to find any shred of humanity he has left in him. And, uh, and Moloch won't let him pass on from purgatory. Mm-hmm. So he helps her find a way to communicate with Ichabod while she is stuck in purgatory. Yep. He leads her to Moloch's lair, which... If you're trying to avoid Moloch, going to his lair might not be the best place to go. I was so I was biting my nails the entire time she was in there. Yeah. But he was trying to raise an army. Yeah. So it was a safe bet, at least for the time that she could be in there. And she did book as soon as she was done. Yeah. So... She did. She she got out of there as quickly as she could. And I love yep. the I love the fact that she found some sort of like mystical magical mirror that connects between two worlds. Sure. It's very Disney esque. They, they did use that last season. 
Yes, they did. You know, the mirror was a big part of last season, even if we didn't connect it to anything. Um, there were lots of mirrors, and they showed us that in flashbacks in that scene as well when Brooks was talking to her. So, But before she contacts him through the mirror, we have some more action with Ichabod. Yeah. Ichabod is out of the ground, and he... I'm thinking he tries to call everyone. Yeah, anybody. Right. And he manages to get a message to Jenny. And when he calls Jenny, the phone ringing gets the attention of Mr. Henchman Hessian Horseman. Purgatory purgatory party person. (laughs) Right. And it distracts him long enough that Jenny can get free. And then Jenny calls him back or messages him back and tells him where she is and just a coincidence again he happens to be right there I couldn't have written it better I know me either right this is what I love about this show it's so cheesy (laughs) it's great right I mean yeah but it's also extremely intelligent. You oh, have, sure. You have to say, even though it's got its cheese factor, that, some of that dialogue is so snappy. Well, the fact that he looks up and he sees the same sign, I mean, that is just, that's for us. Right. You know, yeah. making us laugh yeah. at the show. But then the bigger story is smart, I think. You know, connecting the mirrors together with last season, his hand coming out of the ground to mirror the first episode of last season. I mean, there are some really good connections. Right. Um, and then some allusions to history, the allusions that are correct <laughs> are good. Um, then, you know, they twist them, which makes it funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. There are some really, really smart points in the story. And then there are the funny things that are kind of nods to us. Saying, we know, <laughs> you know, yeah. we know you're smart enough to get this is satire-ish. Uh, yes. So, yeah. And the next- I thought it was funny that he just looked up and saw the sign that she just saw. <laughs> and the next funny thing that they wanted us to laugh at was uh, he hears this gun battle going on and he has no way of like getting in there to save Jenny, but he sees an ambulance. <laughs> yep. And so he busts into the warehouse where Jenny's being kept, driving an ambulance. Well, yes, kind of driving, yes. Kind of. As much as he could drive. And he does the little shrug when Jenny sees him drive in. And then she jumps in and says, reverse it. And he's like just touching the dashboard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I would inside of an aircraft. Like, what the heck does right, this stuff right. do? Touching all the dials. <laughs> and she says, do you know how to drive this? And he says, no. And they switch places. That is my anachronism for this week. Him having no idea how a car works. And Jenny just assuming he does. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I loved the shrug, too. Yeah. Like, Hey. Uh, I was right around the corner. I thought I'd pick you up. <laughs> I, I just love how not seriously Ichabod takes himself. Because you would think someone who, you know, was in the ground for over 200 years, who wakes up in a different time, would be so serious. But he's just like, eh, you know, whatever. I can't drive. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gotten even looser. Yes. Since he first arrived in our century. Which is, it's good. So where do they go after the ambulance? Well, he talks to Jenny about, because uh, Jenny, of course, you know, was on the way to meet with everyone before she got sidelined with the accident. So she doesn't know what's been going on. So he tells Jenny about Abby being in purgatory and that he had to exchange her for Katrina. And I'm sure under normal circumstances, she probably would have gotten a bit more upset about that. But she doesn't have time. No. Because they have to get this key. Right. They talk about the key. 
And she realizes that he's working to get her out. So she doesn't think of it as a betrayal. She thinks of it as a, I did what I had to do at the minute, and now I'm working to get things fixed. At least that's how I saw it. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, that's pretty much how I saw it. Okay, good. Yeah, and Jenny's probably not thrilled that he left her sister in there. Someone told me a family member of mine was locked away in purgatory and there was really no way to get them back out. I'd be a little miffed. Yeah. To say the least. But she's all business at this point. Yeah, let's get her out. Yeah. And so they they realize they have to find this key. So where do they go? My favorite place of all places. The archives. The library. Yes. I love the archives. It's awesome. They find the page, right? That yeah. document. And they realize it's written in somebody's alphabet. Benjamin Franklin's. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin's personal alphabet that Ichabod was supposed to learn. Just coincidentally. Yes, but never did. Right. Because it just didn't catch on. For some reason, Benjamin Franklin's alphabet didn't catch on. Right, which he's delighted about. <laughs> he likes that Benjamin Franklin, he's kind of smug over the fact that old Benji didn't get the one up on people. He he was not a fan of Benjamin Franklin. No, I don't think he was at all. I think he thought he was too full of himself. He said he was forced to be his apprentice by uh, George Washington. Right. Well, I think if you look back on some of the documents back then, a lot of the founding fathers looked up to Benjamin Franklin. And it would be funny if someone back then was forced to be with him that didn't like him. Yes. <laughs> because everyone thought he, you know, his shit didn't snake. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> about using that word, but that's the term. Yes. So I think that would be really funny if you know- someone happened to be in that position you know what's interesting about benjamin franklin he was not at the um writing of the constitution right wasn't he in france i think he was he was in france at the time and he came back and signed it later yeah it wasn't all signed at the same time no it was it was signed over months actually years actually was it years yeah because it it took here's the teacher me coming out it took years for them to actually ratify it because the anti-federalist wanted the um the Bill of Rights added to it before mm. before everyone would sign on to it and say, yes, this is going to be the law of the land. So, yeah, I it, knew it wasn't one day. Yeah. It's a nice story, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's just not true. But we digress. Yeah. So it's apocryphal. Yes. I haven't said a big word yet. No. So I used that last week, though. So I don't know if it counts for this week. Uh, it doesn't. No. No. But uh, I thought that was funny that he talks about the alphabet and that, uh, yay, he didn't get his alphabet used. Um, but he kind of deciphers it and he scoffs at the fact that Benjamin Franklin left the key with the only person he could trust and that person was himself. <laughs> yes. And they just they deduce that that means it's near a statue of uh, himself. And there's multiple statues of Benjamin Franklin. Right. Only one in Sleepy Hollow, but... All over the country, many of them. Sure. Thousands. And there are thousands, but only one in Sleepy Hollow. And the world centers around Sleepy Hollow, as we know. Yeah, it is the center of the, of the universe. Right. So... But when they, when they go to the location that they think it is, where there's a statue in Sleepy Hollow, they notice that the Hessians are already there. Mm-hmm. Digging around. But luckily for Crane, he has another memory. Mm-hmm. A memory about uh, waking up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that the, what does he say, the key to success always lies under the alarm clock? That's right. And Were there alarm clocks back then? I'm not sure. Yeah. I Pretty sure they probably had pocket watches, but alarm clocks? I'm not. That might be an anachronism right there. Anachronism. Anachronism. Yeah. But 
in in remembering these words, Ichabod looks behind himself and sees a clock tower. Yep. Convenient. I couldn't have written it better. <laughs> I think that might be one of our catchphrases. <laughs> I couldn't have written it better myself. Um, and of course, there's a Mark Brick that has his name on it. Yes, BF. Or initials, BF. I always thought that that meant best friend, but I guess in this case it means Benjamin <laughs> or, Franklin. you know, BFD, B- which means something completely different. <laughs> they dislodge the key and, I mean, they dislodge the brick and boom, they have the key. And they just leave the Hessians there. Yes, they didn't even have to, to scuttle with the he- Hessians at nope, all. Nope. They just leave them there and the Hessians continue to dig and they're off with the key. And this is when Abby contacts Crane mm-hmm. when they get to the car and he's looking at the side view mirror. Mm-hmm. And could- he zones out. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jenny's he, like, where'd you go? He's like, I've been on a long, strange trip. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> My hand looks funny. <laughs> I, I look into this mirror and I see myself. <laughs> My soul is on fire. <laughs> Actually, he's talking to Abby, who's in purgatory, right. looking through Moloch's magical um, purgatory portal window. Mm-hmm. Purgatory portal. I don't. I can't think of another p word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but and she tells him about Moloch's plans to raise an army, and that you know, d- don't don't use the key. Leave me in here. Maybe they want us to find the key and open the door so they can come through it. They they've been they've been using us. They're they're using us just like they did with the memory. So don't do it. And he says, Nope, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come get you. I made a promise. You're getting out of purgatory. Yeah, I like that line, though, where she says, you're going to come no matter what I say, aren't you? And, uh, you know, of course, he confirms it. Yes, I promised I'm going to come for you. And, and it's it, so sweet. They have a moment, too. Mm-hmm. Another moment that makes me think. Ichabod. You're such a shipper. <laughs> such a shipper. I don't mind it. I thought it was adorable. Yes, it was. Very sweet. They're so close. Maybe yes. they're work they're work spouses. Like a work husband and wife. I don't know. I mean he hasn't seen Katrina for, for over two hundred years and she's just now back in the picture. So they I mean they have to reconnect too and figure out who they are now two hundred and some odd years later. So mm-hmm. you maybe Still maybe married. Maybe they're gonna realize that it just they are not the same people they were before he was you know, in the ground for 200 years and she was in purgatory for that long. Maybe. But you are such a shipper. I am, aren't I? You are. (laughs) Such a girl. (laughs) I have no problem with that because girl is not a pejorative term. It's not. I agree. I'm a girl. (laughs) I have nothing wrong with being a girl, so neither should you. No. In this case, you know, that's a very romantic thing. It's very sweet. Yes, it is. I thought it was a little romantic as well. And I mean that in the traditional sense, not as in bodice ripper romantic, but as in sweet and um, I don't know, just the traditional way of romance. I I, I follow you. I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. So, you know, not Harlequin. Not that I'm that's, again, not a pejorative term. Right. Um, But... (laughs) Just a very tender moment between two people. Yes, yes. And he, he's coming no matter what. The mirror breaks, mm-hmm. and he's broken out of his trance. Yep. And, and Jenny was probably thinking, damn, he doesn't look that bad. Why'd the mirror break? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at least it's not her car, which is totaled already, but, you right. know, the ambulance... Which is not hers. Who cares if that window breaks? It, it, it looks like a broken down ambulance anyway. No it one, was. No one's using that to get to the hospital. Nope. So so they well, drive. He, already, he drove it through a wall. <laughs> yes. It, you know, it's already a mess. Yeah. So yeah. But they head over to the gateway to Purgatory. Now, 
Do they have to be in a certain place to do that? Well, remember she said she was going to be waiting behind the church in Purgatory, so I guess he had to go to behind the church in our earthly plane so so they would be in the same area. Okay. And this is what I thought was weird. Like, last season when they went into Purgatory, they said the incantation and went in. This time they actually had to say the incantation and use the key... I thought the key would have them avoid needing to use an incantation, but well, I thought... they had to still open something, and maybe when they were holding the key and saying the incantation, it opened the gate. Yes, okay. It sensed that they had the key. I mean, it's magic, so... Another waving of the hands. Well, in this case, I don't have to wave the hands so much because it's magic. okay. And magic can do all kinds of things that real life doesn't do. So magic has its own set of rules for me. Okay. Magic can sense they have the key in their hand. So If that makes sense to you at all. But if magic can sense they have the key, then why does magic need to hear the words? I'm just saying. Because magic has rules. Okay. And in order for the portal to open, they have to recite the incantation. It has rules and... You have to do a certain thing in order for the spell to be cast. If you cast it and you have the key in your hand, then it opens a certain portal. Okay. And that's what I'm taking from it. Okay, not the same portal they went into last time, but a different kind of portal. Right. I'll give you that. Okay. Okay. So he goes in and he finds Abby. Mm Mm-hmm. But Malik is tricking Abby to think that Mm -hmm. Crane is already there and there to help her out. And I, I love that before he went right in, Jenny kind of laid down the rules for the audience again. Yep, which is good. You know, don't drink. It was any- for us. It wasn't for him. Right. Don't drink anything. Don't eat anything. You know, while you're in there, just do what you got to do and get out. And the the Moloch version or the Moloch diversion of of Ichabod with with Abby finds her and says, "Oh my gosh, you're so you're you're so." Thirsty looking, you 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 look parched. Parched. You, yes. yes, you need you need water. And he hands her a canteen, and she's about to drink. When? Yep. Left real crane. Yes, lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Don't drink that. No. Yep. And then there's a big and fight between the two. There was also a hint where that fake Ichabod told her, "We don't need the amulet." That's and he true. didn't help her look for the amulet because if he helped her look for the amulet, he would disappear, I'm assuming. Yeah. Since he was Moloch. And he didn't call her lieutenant. He called her lieutenant. Right. And that's how later on after the struggle between the two cranes um, and she was about to go away with him. He had the key. He said lieutenant. And that's when she knew it was the wrong crane with the key right and she took one of the swords out of the ground off with his head that was also symbolic now she has killed someone by taking off their head yes so both witnesses have killed someone in the same way hmm interesting Mm -hmm. i didn't even think of that when it happened yep they're they're mirrors of each other ergo the mirrors being Mm -hmm. used to communicate Mm. yep so many levels. Everything's symbolic. So they kind of run into Moloch raising his demon army. Mm-hmm. On, after, on their way out. Yes. Not so good. No, not so good. But uh, they they kind of sneak their way around and they, they open up the door. And this really is when, fast. They yeah, talk the, really, really fast. Yeah, they do. They talk really fast, and they had they they open up. The, they had, this is when they need to use the key because the door opens, and there's like a gate there, and mm-hmm. they have to open up the gate to get out with a key. And uh, and Moloch realizes, oh my gosh, they open up the gate. Let's go, Demon Army, move! And they're running through the portal. They're running through the portal. They run out. They fall out. Bam! And Moloch's there, riding down the portal, trying to get out. And boom! It closes right on them. Yep. Thank goodness, right? Yes. Just at the last minute. In the nick of time. Yep. And what happens to the key? I couldn't have written it any better myself. I. <laughs> I was, it disintegrates. Yes, the key disintegrates. In Ichabod's hand. And they did hint at the beginning of the episode that there might be more keys. 
which leads us to believe they might use this in another episode. It, it leaves it open in well, case someone gets stuck in purgatory. Well, and I, and I was I was already assuming that because Moloch didn't make make it out and the key was destroyed, that Jeremy was going to get it from Moloch. I thought that you know. When he goes to Malik and lets him know that they got the key and the key's destroyed, and Malik doesn't seem too upset. Mm-hmm. So Malik's like, "Yeah, whatever. There's other ways to get out of here." Right. Well, there are. There yeah. have to be there other ha- ways to get out. If there's a key, there's other things too. Yes. So. so then Abby and Jenny have their little hug, and and Ichabod and Abby do they hug? Yes, they hug. Oh, and they so ha- nice. They have their little powwow around the table. Yep, and they talk about the fake birthday surprise that mm. was happening at the beginning of the episode. Yes. And they have a little victory celebration, and then the sobering realization that they're not done yet. And Abby says the famous words, This is war. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, one of the things I forgot is when Crane comes to rescue her and this is a mirror of last season as well they do the fist bump oh that's right but she blows it up afterwards and she tells them she's going to explain that later (laughs) (laughs) and that's another one of my anachronisms the blowing up of the fist bump I love that that's one of my favorite things I do that with my husband all the time yeah I do that with my students do you really yeah you blow it up I blow it up Nice. And actually, you know what I do sometimes is I'll um, I'll go in underneath their fist mm-hmm. and I'll put my two fingers on the other side of their fist and I'll say snail. <laughs> Alrighty. That's weird, but cool. Because <laughs> it looks like, you know, their fist and right. looks like right. a snail. It's curly and then the antennae. Uh, yeah. I get it. Snail. Very nice. Is that because they're slow? No, I just do it okay. to, me- to, to mess with them. Okay, that's good. Just to, you know, (laughs) freak them out. Yeah. Well, then they'll never fist bump me again after that. They're like, no way, man. Why would I do that? You snailed me. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll say. It would be grosser if you licked your fingers with your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're slimy. And then uh, if I, they go, then I'm like, fine, give me a high five. And they'll go to high five me. And then as I'm making the high five, I'll make a fist with my thumb out. And put up against their palm and say, turkey. <laughs> so I want to see Abby and Crane do the turkey. Do the turkey. Okay. Okay. So if you're the writers are, if you're listening, we want to see the snail and the turkey. Yes. Snail and the turkey. That is not a movie that is going to be made by Wes Anderson. Just- no. The snail <laughs> and the turkey. No. No. X versus seven versus the snail versus the turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was sobering. And then, you know, they're talking about the Katrina, still a captive of Abraham. Yes. Headless horseman. And he's, trying to, he's trying to convince her to switch sides. <sighs> he wants her to become evil. Bad news. Yeah. You can be with me. Yuck. Yeah. But he somehow has... Oh, he took the amulet, I guess, when he escaped them he did. last season. He did, and he put it on uh, Katrina. And now when he puts it on Katrina, I'm guessing this is something that Moloch did. He imbued it with something so that when he puts it on Katrina, Katrina can see Abraham as he was before his head was cut off. Not as he is. Right. Well, before he was dead. Yes. And his head was cut off. And then, of course, he can talk to her. And this was something I was worried about is that, well, not worried about. But I said, you know, I, I made a joke that when he escaped with her, absconded. Here's my word for the night. When he absconded with her last season, at least there would be no making out. Hmm. See my little joke because he didn't have a head. Well, yes. But But now... There might be some making out. But, okay, so the, it would be like phony 
fake making out, though. Of course. It It would be Abraham making out with her, not her making out back. And she might imagine she's making out with him, but like... If trying Ica- to get away. If Ichabod were walking in, all he would see is like her and Abraham's arms and like right. her like moving her head around, w- wiggling her head. Right. That would see look that? weird. That, that would be a setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> for something. Yes, for something. Yeah. So, but I, I thought that was a funny joke and now all of a sudden it can actually happen. Yeah. So, um, and that old farmhouse was a pretty cool set. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was dark. It was scary. It was spooky. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of things just laying around. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to look at it and see what was there, and it was just clutter, but interesting clutter. So I wondered if it was maybe a tack house, you know, used to store horses. It looked like it could have been because it kind of had like a varnish, stableish look to it. Mm-hmm. And it had a large door. That was closed on one side. Yeah. And that would make sense since he's a horseman. Yeah, that's where he's keeping his horse. Mm-hmm. Although his horse wasn't there. But mm. yeah, I just thought it would be an interesting sort of plot point if that was a tack house. So The lair of the headless horseman is a tack I'll have house. To, I'll have to see. I'll have to go back and, and uh, analyze it a little bit more. So the thing I liked about the end of the episode... Um, was when the Horseman of War's armor shows up. That was awesome, right? Yeah. I don't know where they are. <laughs> I don't know where they are when this happens, but it was kind of like weird dungeony basement place that Moloch is talking through a mirror again. A mirror, The yeah. mirrors. Um, and he allows the armor to come through a molten metal wall. Mm, that was awesome. And he's like, you can control it with your, with your soul. Yeah. So does this mean Henry doesn't even have to... He doesn't have to inhabit the armor. No, he doesn't have to don the suit of armor at all. No, it's like a remote control horseman. I have to think that at some point in time in the near future, we're going to have clothes like that. Oh, can that happen now? <laughs> I would love that. Remote control clothes. Oh, so good. That would be so good. You could have a pair of gloves go to work for you. Oh. And type everything out. Please. Although this is my work, so I couldn't do that. What's the point of that? <laughs> I can I can podcast in my pajamas. Your, your purgatory party people pajamas. That's right. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I could teach with remote control clothes because all they no. can they can't talk. So, right. and I don't think the Horseman of War is going to be doing a whole lot of talking anyway. No, he's not. No, it's it's really going to be you know <laughs> lots of that <laughs> and and this too. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, he's controlling it. It's all fiery and really awesome. And then he says, magnificent. <laughs> it's just great. What a great scene. With the flaming sword. So awesome. Yeah. That's how war should look. Yes. The, all ev- flamey and... Flaming swords. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have a flaming sword. That's right. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the horsemen of war <laughs> should look like that. Okay. A flaming sword. And the- I think in war, everyone should just have Everyone flaming. should have a flaming sword. Okay. Forget machine guns and, and, you know, rocket launchers. Flaming swords. Okay. I'll have <laughs> flaming swords. <laughs> All right. That works for me. That would be a pretty cool battle to watch, but I wouldn't want to be in it. No. no. So. so do you have any uh, nitpicky things about the episode? That- well, I kind of said my nitpicks as we were talking. Yeah. So, yeah, but you do. Yeah. Mm, I, for one, I just thought it was, it just started way too fast. 
But then I was relieved about 10 minutes in to realize that, okay, they're not writing poorly. They're just tricking us. Right. Um, I felt, yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. They lulled you into that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, no, the second season is going to stink and it's going to be poorly written and it's going to get canceled halfway through because Fox, <laughs> Fox doesn't want it around or something. And I was like, oh no. Okay. It's just being right. smart. Right. And then I just kind of, I just thought it was too convenient that the, the portal closed when it did. Sure. Well, lots of conveniences. Yes. In this episode. But I think they were necessary in order to kind of move the plot along. And hopefully once they're all out of danger, that sort of thing will calm down a little bit. Yes. I think they have to get us to the point where they can all be out and solving things. So. Well. Hopefully less hand waves in the future, right? <laughs> yes. Less, less suspension of disbelief in the future. Right. But I, I don't think Katrina's going to get out of danger anytime soon. I think she's going to stick around with, uh, with Abraham for a little bit. I, I think they're going to have to be doing some wringing of hands to try and get her out of there. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I actually think, and this is just my prediction, that Katrina, in order to try and escape from Abraham is going to be like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll go along with you. I'll, I'll become evil, and you know, in order to get him to to trust, get get him to trust her, so that she could possibly then have an opportunity to escape. Mm-hmm. But I think in the process, she is going to become evil. Now, based on that, do you think there's a chance she could become one of the horsemen? Ooh, I didn't even think of that. And then Ichabod has to, like, bring down his own wife. Mm-hmm. Well, his son is already a horseman. Oh, man. That's one dysfunctional family if that happens. Mm-hmm. And see, for you, wouldn't that be a win-win? Yeah, because then he's free to run into Abby's arms. That's right. Abby's comforting, warm, safe arms. Yes. And Katrina would still be gorgeous and on the show. And it, I mean, she'd be she'd be have a chance to be evil, and it's always fun to play evil. Mm-hmm. You know? And gorgeous women are great as evil characters. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're always great as evil characters. So, yep. You hear us, writers? Make Katrina evil. Make her a horseman. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be so awesome for a woman to be a horseman too. Exactly. <laughs> now, earlier I said that it was interesting that Moloch was on a horse in Purgatory. Mm-hmm. I think Moloch is one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. You do? Yes. See, I have a different interpretation. I do think that him being on a horse was good imagery for us. But I think that was just so he could raise the the dead there. So right. he could, you know, stomp around and, and raise them. Right. Um, comparing Moloch to the Moloch in, you know, our out-of-TV mythology. He's connected to the seven deadly sins and uh, one of the fallen angels. And since we're in a seven-year timetable and the seven deadly sins, I'm thinking, you know, he was last year's deadly sin and we're just wrapping up that timeline and he's going to morph out of being the big bad and we're going to get the next of the sins. Mm. This season, but that's me. Um, I I think your theory that he might be one of the horsemen is very smart because we did see him on a horse. You know, maybe he's pestilence. He, he could, could definitely be pestilence. I mean, and, zom- and raising of the dead. I mean, that zombie demon armies are pestilence. Yep. So that's a good call. Now. What's the fourth horseman? We have war, we have death, we have pestilence. I'm not very good at my Bible history. <laughs> well, is it Bible? I guess it's Bible. Yeah, because it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse are in the, um, what's that last book of the Bible? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Revelations. Revelations, yes. Um, conquest, war, famine. Okay. No. Is it famine? Mm, pestilence, war. We have conquest, yes. war, famine, and death. Well, Moloch does want to co- make a conquest. He wants to, you know, conquer Earth. Yeah. 
I, I'm going with he's he's a horseman of the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, the white horse. Um, sometimes it's conquest, and that would be pestilence. Okay. So he would be pestilence, and then the red horse would be war. The black horse would be famine or death. No, the black horse would be famine, period, and the pale horse would be death. So she would be famine, and he would be pestilence. Yes. Now, would, now there was an allusion to eating. Yes, with, with, with the bread. Yeah, and she didn't get to eat any of it. Nope. She didn't want to eat any of it, though, but she didn't actually get Still, to eat. Still, she didn't get to eat any of it. Yeah, okay. Famine. Hmm. Interesting. Now I'm thinking. Hmm. Damn you. Sorry, so, I got you thinking. It's all right. We had our anachronisms, and yours was the phone with the recording. Yes. Um, and mine was... The ambulance driving. Yes. And we did get a user, uh, listener feedback already. Okay. And it's one of um, my listeners from uh, the Chester's Mill Gazette, Justina. She's awesome. Um, I love that we got one so early, and I'm going to play it now for you. Great. Hi, this is Justina calling in for Witness Prophecies. My favorite cranism of the week why must your era always celebrate terror with dessert? It's awesome. I'm talking about the birthday celebration. <laughs> when uh, they gave him the cupcake at the beginning. Right. And I guess it was to blow out the candle. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Ter- like the candles are flaming and lit and yeah, it's terrifying. But birthdays so, can be terrible and terrifying. Yep, that's true. Getting another year older. So that's great. Thanks, Justina, for calling in. Yes, thank I you. Hope, I hope you're a regular on our podcast, too. Yeah, I want, we want to hear more of your anachronisms. Yes, awesome. And it was very nice to get one so early. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So if other people want to... Send in their feedback. How can they do that? Well, the deadline is every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, and they can do it by calling this phone number, 304-837-2278. That is our phone number that will go directly to Witness Prophecies. You can also go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback, uh, and there's an opportunity there to send some text. You can record an audio file through SpeakPipe, or you can contact us through Twitter, uh, our Twitter handle for this is it's it's a mouthful. It's at witness prof gsm. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> or you can contact me on Twitter at second course pc. That's the number two nd course pc. Or at one with beard, and that's one spelled out. And how can they contact you, Karen? It's at Elevaria, a l e v e r i a. And become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. Uh, and- and you can find us on Facebook as well. There is a Witness Prophecies Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of ways to interact with us and send us some feedback, and we'll make sure we share it on the air with all of the listeners. That's right. Um, you can also go to our iTunes page, which I cannot find here. But um, if you subscribe to the Golden Spiral Media all-inclusive feed, You'll get all of our podcasts, and we have some really good ones this fall season. And uh, I think this is our best season ever on Golden Spiral Media. I've been a subscriber for, I don't know, a couple years since it was just the Fringe podcast. And uh, this year is just, we've exploded. It was nine new podcasts at one point, and then it ballooned up to like 12 and 13 new podcasts. So, uh I think the all-inclusive feed is great. We don't make any money off of you subscribing to that. I'm just saying it's a lot of really good podcasts, and you can pick and choose what to listen to that way, but you get all of them in one list, so it's very cool. And we don't just do TV podcasts at Golden's Marvel mm-hmm. Media. We do all kinds of stuff. There's some inspirational podcasts, some advice podcasts, so there's something for everybody. Yep. 
definitely. I love uh, stuff I learned yesterday. It's very nice. It's it's inspirational. It's um, you know, just everyday learning, sort of le- life lessons. It's it's a nice podcast to listen to. Now, now is the time when if you don't want to hear about spoilers, you want to tune out. However, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not really a big spoiler. So if you don't, if you're kind of half and half and you don't really care, then, you know, stay tuned. But if you do care, get out of here. That's right. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, so here's the spoilers. Tell me all about it. And I'm telling you right now, it's almost nothing. (laughs) Here's the description. Henry, played by John Noble, and Abraham, guest star Neil Jackson, capture Katrina, Katya Winter, while Ichabod, Tom Meissen, and Abby, Nicole Beharie, Attempt to resurrect a Frankenstein-like monster to help rescue her in The Kindred. Airing Monday, September 29th, 9 p.m. on Fox. Written by Mark Goffman and Albert Kim. And I put some pictures in our document here. And they're pretty vanilla. Yeah, there's not too much. There's no real reveals in the pictures at all. No, Abraham and Katrina, Abraham and Henry, and then lots of sneaking around with Abby and Ichabod. And they, they look like the Scooby gang. They're peering through some bushes And there's, at one point. There's light coming from a book. Right. It's, it's, they're nothing. I mean, there's nothing really earth shattering about these promos that I don't know if they're hiding stuff from us. In this episode, or there's just not a lot to talk about. So, but that's all I have for the spoilers. I'm I'm sorry. I usually have more than that. I'm just I'm hoping we'll get more in the next few weeks for the upcoming episodes. Me too. So. Hmm. What was that about? That was me being sad. I didn't have more. (laughs) We'll get more in the next few weeks. All right. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. What a downer. (laughs) Sorry about that, Jane. It's all right. Okay. So I guess we'll talk to you next week, Witness Mm -hmm. Prophecy fans. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... Really, can't wait for the next episode. Mm. Next week, I guess we're going to do more with Katrina. And um, we may not see Irving yet, but I think at the end of the episode, maybe we'll talk a little bit about him. We better so. see We better see Irving. I think we're going to at least talk about him. So. Okay. That's cool. And we will talk about him next week. At yes. The yes. So we'll talk to you guys to and we want to hear from you so send us your feedback bye everybody bye